And welcome back to Scav Talk, everyone. In today's episode, BSG recently tweeted out a little teaser for the lighthouse boss, looks like. We call him the Antler Man, although I think he has an official name, but it's in Russian. Exactly. Then we also got even more teasers from BSG on Streets of Tarkov. You know, it's slowly teasing out the, th <laughs> the, the thread of information that's coming out from these guys, and it's still all speculation at this point, but... We will see. It's a little more. A little more of something. But... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then finally, we're going to sort of have an open discussion slash review some notes I took a while back in August about uh, keys and the key system and just kind of rehash over that territory a little bit and refine it. But yeah, so your week, Giga, how's it been? How's the extended break going for you? It's 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 going good. It's going good. It's been all right. I mean, I'm I'm kind of itching to get back. I think the way that things are going, I'm basically gonna be back on Monday. Is the plan? I'm like kind of rejigging the schedule a little bit. Um, so because like some of the evening stuff is now a bit more tricky. So I think I'm gonna mm -hmm. pull some of those back into the day. Um, so we we will see. We will see how how that goes. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good. It's been good to take a break. I've been like thinking about stuff. Sometimes it's nice to take a yeah, for step sure. back as well and kind of revisit and think about things. And uh, yeah, sometimes that's important just to get a break Absolutely. in your own mind so that you can get a fresh, a fresh start and come at things, you know, with a, a more open mind. It's so easy to just be so like, you know, just making, 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 making. I kind of go through these periods actually anyway, where I'm kind of, make it just in like making mode and i'm like okay i've done the same thing i haven't like improved anything i've just been doing and then i'm going like really introspective and just like, hmm, and then like looking outside like <laughs> look at different content like, oh, i wonder if i can do this or this or this and then like maybe introduce some new elements and then kind of come back to it and then get back into making mode again because you've got to kind of practice and let you know train those muscles of, of the new things that you're learning so no it's good it's good but i am looking forward to getting back to it i was speaking to somebody else actually and they're like oh you know you must be like really enjoying the fact that you've got the flexibility to go and spend the time with the fam now and stuff and i was like yeah it's really good i'd say it's like 90 percent like really awesome and like such a good opportunity to be able to do this and like 10 percent mm. like i'm a little bit bored you know what i mean because it's like i'm not doing any of the usual stuff so i'm i'm like it's kind of nice in some ways because i'm ready to go back i'm like yeah you know i'm really looking forward to like getting back into it and stuff so yeah, it's been going well. It's been it's been going well. Um, yeah, the little one she was released from the the, the midwives. Kind of, they have both mum and baby under like ongoing monitoring. Right? Like you were home doing your stuff, but you go in every now and then and get checked over. Right. So my wife was released from that like a while ago, and um, the little one got released from that <laughs> today because they were like, "Oh, she's doing great, and she's putting away, and everything's like working properly, and yeah. she's looking great and stuff." So like, you know, things are things are real good now. So. Just onwards and upwards from here, as best we can. So, how's it been going for you? What's your What's your week been like? Pretty good, man. We just had uh, yesterday was Thanksgiving here in the states, so we ate some turkey, some ham, some mashed potatoes mm. and gravy, some cornbread. You know, all the fixings. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the best thing about like these like holidays here is that you just get so many leftovers. I I love leftovers, man. I'll just be like. Mm. You know, it's like 10 p.m. Mm, I could go for a snack. Just, you know, get me a plate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually when there's nothing in the house or whatever, you're just like, oh, I could do a snack. But like, I've got to make something, whatever. But like, if there's loads oh, of stuff yeah. left over. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. We yeah. have like a, a similar situation right now for like a completely unrelated reason. There was like mm-hmm. a little like mini party for something. Um, at one of like family yeah, members' yeah, house, yeah. and they were like, "There's no way we can eat all this stuff. Like, yeah. you guys just like take it." So we just got tons of things in the house. Um, definitely not good for the health, but it's it's yeah, it's nice. And you're just like, oh, I just fancy something. There's loads of things around, but it's funny. I almost actually well, I've seen a few references here and there, but I kind of forgot it was Thanksgiving because normally I'm quite was pl- quite plugged into it. Um, and I had a, a friend who I used to go to theirs quite often, but um, just like things happened or whatever, and like I'm you know I'm up here now, and what, so I just kind of like forgot almost. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's probably. I think it's probably like the most American tradition that like never translated. Cause like we fully adopted Halloween eventually. And it's like a big thing here now, but Thanksgiving is still kind of like very much an American only thing. Like yeah. we're, we're probably aware of it here, <laughs> but we're just kind of like, hmm, you know, it doesn't really happen. It's not, a, it's not a thing. Like you normally get invited to one as mm-hmm. a British person. Like you wouldn't just host your own. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like, I mean, it's based in, you know, us breaking away from the, <laughs> from that, you know, England, I guess, or the, the, whatever, the church authority from back in the day, I think, something like that. I'm not even, I don't quote me historians. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, you're going to get on a thousand angry yeah. points now, just like, <laughs> actually, no. But, um, you know what I mean? Like, you could host, you could host a Halloween yeah, party. As it's a definitely person, like, but like, rooted. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, It'd be kind of weird if the host of Thanksgiving party. It has like deep <laughs> roots in, in, you know, our history, but mm. for better or for worse. Indeed. So well, um, outside of that, though, been playing some more DMZ, which has been pretty fun. It's okay. They did fix the uh, one thing that was like kind of like really boring me about it at one point was you couldn't progress the quest lines anymore because there was one quest that was bugged. So it was like extract oh. with the enemies. Uh, weapon, and it just every time you tried it, you could put in your backpack, you could put in your you know slots, whatever, have it out, blah blah, whatever. It didn't matter, it didn't work. But they recently patched that, and so now I got like all these quests open up again, which is like kind of the point of playing it for me at least. Was like, you know, you get do enough quests, you get an extra insurance slot, so like when you die and you fail, you can still use a good gun, whatever. Mm-hmm. The other part that's like kind of getting me to like still play it is just the. Um, the leveling up the guns and like unlocking new attachments and stuff. The gunsmith, it's really cool. Maybe we'll talk about it more, but um, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I mean, yeah. For full disclosure, I haven't played any more DMZ. I kind of like took a pause on mm-hmm. everything. I'm not even sure why. Like, I'm not even sure where the time went. I don't really know how the time appeared the previous week that allowed me to play like a couple of games. I'm not even sure where that came from. And then that that window seemed to close last week. So. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll play a little bit more in the week to come. I'll probably be. Um, will I be sticking to Tarkov? Probably, but I mean, maybe, maybe I'll dabble with some DMC on stream. I, I don't know. It's solo only though, so I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah. If I want to do that with chat, and I, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, maybe we dive into that a little bit later on. Um, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it because it's kind of, it's still interesting. I think as an, you know, the primo extraction shooter, given it's the AAA quality, but. Outside of that, then, so we have had some tidbits. It's not a lot, mm-hmm. but I uh, the big thing for me is this the the Antlerman, <laughs> the Antlerman video that we've had posted. So, what have you got? The bunch of dudes going into the lighthouse. Basically, they're going. It's at night, and they're going across the, I guess, the bridge towards 
the lighthouse itself and then someone gets picked off and then there's another guy who's just our point of view and he's on the bridge and then he also gets picked off and then it just shows you know antler man himself with i believe it's an axmc with the thermal on it yeah i think it's the gun that he has and then it just the screen just goes black for like 13 seconds or something i'm not really sure why that was included in the video but it was so some people are just being like, well, 13 seconds means, you know, that, that means that it's 13 days, uh, the, you know, the, the usual. The wait, are you serious? Dude? Yeah, no, oh I don't know. I think God. people were joking. People were joking, though. I, I'm sure people were joking. Were they? Please, please, <laughs> dear God, let them be joking. Oh, my God. I hope so. Um, apparently um, his name translates to Zachi, Z-R-A-C-H-I-I. I always Zrachi? pronounce it in my head as Zrachi, yeah, yeah, but I don't know whether that's Zrachi. right or not. Probably Zrachi mm. or something. I don't know. Something, something like that. What's that? What do you know? What that translates to? Like, is that actually his name? Because you know, there's um, right. Usually they they're based on something, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I'm not actually sure about this guy. Probably though. Antler Man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't actually know. I don't actually know. So this le- kind of leads a lot of questions, right, about... Because mm-hmm. he's the Lightkeeper's bodyguard, basically. Or what do they call him? They call him like his, his dog. They keep referring to him as like his dog. But he's, yeah, he's like his sort of sidekick, I suppose. And some people are speculating that that is the Lightkeeper himself, which I think is unlikely. Uh, yeah, that dude's pretty old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's unlikely, and so it's more—it's more than reasonable to assume that he's going to be the protector of the lighthouse itself. You have to somehow get past him to get to the lightkeeper. I do wonder; it would be kind of cool if they made it so that he's—I don't know how you do this in a fun way, but like he's kind of impossible to kill. Do you know what I mean? And you have to sort of sneak by him or trick him or something. Okay. Yeah. And that's how you, you get access to the light keepers. So like you never like killing him. Metal Gear really Solid like... vibes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause there's, there's a lot of that kind of behavior that I feel could be in the game, but yeah. isn't really lent into just because of the way that things sure. are done and could be really, really cool. So yeah. that would work. Cause I mean, you're going to, otherwise you're going to have to fight him down that sort of spit of land. <laughs> I mean, it's sniper alley. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard. So I don't know whether you're going to be able to use smoke grenades or, or whatever else. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, against the AI, that sounds pretty suspect, right? Yeah. Dude, that but, is one um, thing I wish, man. I wish the smokes were as good as they are in DMZ or Warzone. Just like throw them instant, you know, cloud, and it's like you can't see through. Mm. It'll be nice. Yeah, that's really the only way to make them kind of tactical and usable in a video game right because for the I most mean, regular part yeah smoke, but yeah <sighs> you just need them you need them to be super quick because the gameplay is so much faster than a real fight you know that's why smoke grenades work normally because you're covering like squads of people moving and people aren't just shift wing around the, <laughs> yeah. around various fields irl i mean so i think if they made them because I, I saw, like, a video, and they actually are pretty effective, but you kind of need the wind conditions to be in your favor. If there's, like, a strong mm. gust, then 
the <laughs> cloud will like drift off to the side. So you may like completely miss your target you're trying to like cover with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they like do kind of deploy relatively fast. Like in Tarkov, it feels like it generates a single cloud, you know, uh, entity per like tick. So it takes yeah. like a good like, you know, second or two for it to like be, you know, like semi effective, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, sorry. I just, yeah. I just had no, to like no, squeeze in a gripe about the smokes because God, <laughs> they could be so like, uh, it could actually be a thing that's useful, but yeah, they could be so good. I mean, I also remember hearing that the smokes were client side as well so that you don't necessarily know exactly where they are in Tarkov you know what you see on your screen for the smoke isn't necessarily what right. everyone sees which is like oh god that's, that's yeah. really really bad yeah but there might be there might be a good reason for that too on the opposite end I wonder possibly but I mean again it just makes you distrust them I suppose yeah I get you, I, just, um, I get you for sure but yeah I mean it, it, that could work I, I guess in theory because as per like the thermal when i was like revisiting the thermals actually do you this is a good question to ask you just like while we're talking about it do you remember smoke being transparent to thermals previously because i certainly do you know there was a strategy at one point where you could go to dorms and you could throw smoke grenades down and then use a thermal scope and you could see through the smoke and no one else could see you i swear that that was a strategy that you could do at some point you know what it might even be in my old thermals video thinking I was about gonna it say, i never I, I never went back to look at it i've i don't think i've ever like done anything like that so i can't say one way or the other mm, fair enough i mean it is quite niche i actually feel that that might be in my old the very first video i did about thermals i'm at some point i'm gonna go and have a look and see because i i swear that you could see through them and i think maybe with the i don't know whether it was I don't know which change it was in particular. It could have been the one where, because at some point they made it so that thermals couldn't see through glass. And that, yeah, that change could have come with the smoke change as well, that they can't see through smoke, but they definitely can't th see through smoke now. And AI also doesn't really see you through smoke. Like there's a certain level at which they will start to shoot you again. Cause I did some testing on factory, like really? usual scavs won't see, they'll, they won't see you if they're just an outline, but then, as you kind of become more into focus and they suddenly go, oh, like, there you are. So if the AI is programmed correctly, then you could potentially smoke grenade your way up the central section if he's using a thermal. Um, I guess, it, I guess it, regardless of the optic, I suppose, but the thermal doesn't see through the smoke either. So in theory, you'd be safe with the smokes. I don't know. I don't know. We, we will. We will see. We will see, but, but it would be is, right? it would be a cool mechanic if it if everything lined up. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But I <laughs> I'm really skeptical <laughs> about your statement about <laughs> smoke working against AI. Like I want to see video, dude. <laughs> I'm really skeptical. Okay, all right. Well, that remains to be seen. But I guess that the more fundamental point is that he is there to protect the lightkeeper, and the lightkeeper is what the purveyor of fine quality explosives and high-end goods or whatever. Like, the point is presumably not to kill him, or maybe it is, but that's not really the end goal. The end goal is to get to the Lightkeeper. And he's kind of guarding him for whatever reason. Yeah. So, Why is he guarding him? 
Yeah, why is he that guarding That is kind of a ways? weird thing. Like, hey, I'm here to do business. <laughs> and then there's just like, no, you're not touching my senpai whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I'm just going to shoot you in the head with this XMC <laughs> if you try and get close. But the worst businessman ever. But I was thinking, maybe you have to do something beforehand. But it's interesting, again, that they've released this video now. It's, it's always things, seems to me that things are coming out are kind of like in like the wrong order. I don't know. It's really weird. They did all the all of that precursor lore last time, and then it turned out to be the arena trailer. And then now everyone's <laughs> like, oh, okay, well the lightkeeper's not coming now. It's gonna be the it's gonna be like the next patch, and then Nikita was saying, Oh, Streets is gonna be in the next patch. And they're like, All right, you know, we're gonna drop a trailer, and everyone's like, Oh my god, what's this? And it's just like, it's the lightkeeper bodyguard. And everyone's like, Huh? <laughs> I thought he wasn't coming for a while. So well... it, it's just a bit confusing to me. I think it's just Dropping of like random stuff. I maybe we, I just don't think we should read into it too much. Is my personal. Yeah, I mean opinion. I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I. Yeah, that's. It's hard to say. I mean, I feel like it could be, just the guy and not the lightkeeper. I, based off the Pesilli interview with Nikita, it seemed like lightkeeper was still like a very iffy thing, but streets and like, you know, GL and um new boss because he did mention a new boss but i was kind of assuming streets but now that this trailer's out well it's like well that's that's a new boss i guess so that's true you could have zorachi by himself yeah that's what i'm thinking is like mm. he's just the boss on that side of the map so it's like a little bit more um you know interest on that side of the map versus the opposite side could be kind of yeah cool. For people that play point. the map. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I never really thought about that, actually. That's a good point. Because, yeah, maybe there wouldn't be a boss with streets then, in that case. And then you get this guy instead. But it um, could be two bosses. Who knows? You know, could be no could bosses. Be <laughs> but that'd be my <laughs> guess. Yeah. That, makes, that actually makes sense. I, I kind of didn't think of that. That's definitely plausible. That's definitely plausible. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting in terms of, in terms of just timing and like the fact that they've got this this piece to to release or whatever. So yeah, it's we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see. I mean, if you can get a thermal with an XMC from him, I'm sure people will figure out a way to farm him if there is a way. I mean, maybe he'll be like the sniper scav, or in some sense, you know, you have to make him fall off the top of the lighthouse to actually get his loot. Otherwise, he's going to be up in some. You know, he's on the top of somewhere that you can never access to stop people from just farming continuous thermal scopes. That could be interesting. Like, he's either up in the lighthouse or he's, like, on the landmines by the lighthouse, you know? Or, like, whatever. That, that could be interesting. You can never actually get to him. Because otherwise, like, people are going to figure out a way to kill this guy, right? If he's there with any sensible kind of spawn rate. And he's only going to be in one place. That's the thing with some of these bosses, that... You know, often finding them is quite difficult. Like, Sturman's probably one of the easier ones just because he's always down in that woods camp. But, you know, this dude's always going to be in the, in the lighthouse, you would think. Or maybe he'll just be somewhere on, on the island. He could be on the dome bit, he could be whatever. But, like, it's a pretty small area, so he's, he'll be up there somewhere if he is there. So you, you imagine that people will figure out, if it's farmable, people will find a way to farm it. And then it's going to be AXMCs and thermals for everybody. Wouldn't that be fun? Have repriors all over the place. Um. Yeah, that would be fun. 
Sorry, <laughs> I think I might be having technical difficulties on the recording. I'm not positive. And we're back. Good. Perfect cut. Church, cut right here. <laughs> Don't forget. Is that when you clap? And then you've got like a spike in the recording and then you're looking, you're looking through the audio file. Dude, I know. that's a, that We used to do that a little bit on Airwings stuff, but... Because, yeah, sometimes... Sometimes it was like, you know, he would do like six or six takes on like a, you know, single mm. script. And like when you're like when you're doing the recording yourself, you kind of like remember that. But like when you pass out to someone, they don't really know that. So I may like spend like, OK, cut here, get the perfect J cut. And then on to the next one, I was like, oh, he repeated. OK, so cut that dude, do the perfect J cut again go to the next wavelength. Oh, he repeated again. It's like, damn, <laughs> it's like got to like. Anyway, so we used to do something. I've definitely like that. done that myself. I've done that yeah. with my own thing as well. Especially if I record something and I come back to it, and then I'm just like, yeah, as you say, you like piece it all together, and then yeah. you like go through, and it's like, oh, and then it's starting. You're like, no, oh, goddammit. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. What were we talking about? We were talking about. I nearly said Anchorman. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> what the? Heck? I nearly said Anchorman. Oh, you nearly. I was like, what? Stay classy, Tarkov. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about and yes. here the, the loot or non-lootability of the XMC thermal scope. Whether that would break the game if people figure out how to farm it, slash maybe they'll make it so that he is always on the top of the tower in some fashion, so that you can't loot it, and that means that he again is more of a bodyguard. So even if you kill him, you don't get his stuff, but then you do get access to Lightkeeper, but you don't just get a free thermal. Yeah. Something like could that. Could be. Could be. I don't think they'll do that, but it could mm. be something they'll do. We'll the see. other thing that was quite funny was there was quite a lot of people who were just like oh, claymores, and apparently they've been there since the beginning. Yeah, I did see a screenshot of one. Yeah, some people were like, "Oh, claymore, claymore mines on the lighthouse. <gasps> claymores confirmed." Right. And there was, I think, a nice guy actually was posting on Twitter just saying, "Yeah, it's always been like that. There's always been claymores there." You know, it's fine. Don't don't freak out. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah, because the things that Nikita has talked about with the Lightkeeper in the past, he's basically said, we want all this cool functionality before we release him. Right. And so it's going to take as long as it's going to take to get all the cool functionality in. Whatever yeah. they're doing with menus, voices, interaction, however he wants to do it, which is still a bit unclear. That he wants all of that done, and because it's all completely brand new, obviously they've got to make sure that that works. And uh, I'm sure they want to make sure that it does actually work properly before they release it, because otherwise that'd be quite embarrassing. They spend a long time working on it, so who knows when like people actually appear? But yeah, as you say, maybe we'll get rid of Archie first, get to fight him, get to die to him. Probably more appropriate. He's gonna be. He's got to be even more cracked. He's gonna be like Sturman squared, and Sturman's pretty bad sometimes. You know. So yeah, we shall we shall see we shall see. Any 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 thoughts about Zirachi other than that? Not I really, man. Else. Yeah, we just have to see how it gets, how he comes through. The other tease leak, whatever you want to call it, was a couple more street screenshots, which is not a great deal to go off, particularly. Seventh tier. Something one of my pages just like not refreshing. Yeah, so we've got like a couple of others. I think there was only three. Um, there was the one which is the main interesting one, which is like a, a big wide panoramic shot of 
one of the sort of crossroad intersections on the map with a bunch of mm-hmm. like rams and things, which is kind of cool. Um, and then there's a sort of I don't even know what it is really. It's maybe like an underground like basement of a mall or something. I, I, I'm not 100% sure exactly what it is. And then just like a general outside area. I don't think those are really that interesting. Like the, the main one for me that I think is the most interesting is that wide shot. And as is obviously, it's obvious why that's the case because as anybody watches Nice Guys stuff, you know, he's piecing together the map. I have to say, I don't know if you feel differently about this, but I know he's, I think he's got a pretty good mental image of what he thinks the map's going to be like. I have watched the videos that he has made about where things go and which screenshots, da da da. But I'm still a little bit confused about what goes where. Yeah, I'm not that plugged in enough to really have an opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's one of those things. I'm just not sure how much value there is. Like, it's interesting. If you if you really care about the streets and you're really interested in seeing what the layout's going to be and stuff, then, like, that's that's totally fine. But I don't think there's a great deal of value in preparing to learn the map by knowing that now because you'll be able to learn it so much quicker just walking yeah. around it in offline or whatever right, exactly. right, when it actually arrives. So that's why I've not, I feel like I've not really been that incentivized to uh, investigate it in like full detail, like, like he has done. But either which way, it's, it's interesting following that from like a broader general sense, because um, in watching his video, he was saying that previously they pieced together a few different, different sections and there was a proof of concept piece of art i think or it was like a wireframe that was given mm. i actually missed it I don't, i'm not sure when that was released because i don't ever remember seeing that wireframe i think maybe i just like missed a nice guy video or something at some point in the past and um what they were saying was that originally they thought maybe that was the full thing of like streets part one but this new screenshot supposedly allows them to kind of extrapolate i guess and say well the edge of the map of what it looked like was was going to be the original iteration is now going to be bigger than that because some of these buildings are now in the center and the section that we've been shown matches up with with this landmark and that landmark and that landmark and it's actually going to be a bit bigger than we thought um and it's not just the original kind of like teaser that was shown so you know that's that's kind of cool i think that's it's kind of cool like the map's going to be pretty expansive um there's a guy Called, I don't know how you pronounce his, his username. We've talked about him before. Um, he's like Rima, R-E-3-M-R. And he's on Twitter and he's on Reddit. And he's the one of the guys who does like the really cool like custom 3D renders of maps. I know that the the really sick reserve map that's on the wiki is his. And I, I never realized it was his for a long time. <laughs> and he did like this ridiculous woods map. I think I talked about it previously. Um probably a couple of months ago. And he did this insane woods map where like every tree, he's like modeled like pretty much every tree. Like the whole thing's perfect. And you can download this enormous version of it. It's like, you know, 16,000 by 16,000 pixels. Some like stupidly crazy files. You can like zoom in. It's like an intricate detail, this like model that he's done. Um, and what, what he's done though, actually, um, he's on, if anyone wants to see it, he's on Twitter. It's at RE3MR. And he said, a quick block out of what part of the layout of streets might look like based off the old in progress screenshot posted by BSG, which is actually the one that I had missed. Um, and he said, Oh, I saw it in a nice guy um, video and wanted to see if I could block it out somewhat accurately. And I mean, I got to go on his Twitter if you're interested in going to see it. Cause he's basically like models the view and then he kind of like zooms out and like spins it a little bit. So you can kind of see it from top down. 
Um, so that's like that's kind of cool if you're you know interested in maybe seeing what the layout might look like. But um, as I said, this new this new screenshot that we've got shows us that that is actually not the entirety of the map. It's just it's part of it, and actually is is going to be a little bit bigger than that when it when it finally comes. Um, but that, again, that's not actually to be fair. That's not to say that all of this is going to come in part one. Maybe some of this is proof of concepts for some of the expansions or whatever. We just don't really know at this point. I see. Based off Reamer's model, it kind of looks like a a little block of like map to play, and then like the rest is potentially just background for like future content. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But I could be wrong. Maybe the whole thing, that whole rectangle, is playable. I think the whole rectangle is supposedly playable, mm. but I'm not sure. And That'd be impressive. And then the yeah, and then the the section right at the bottom is um is apparently like not the boundary of the of the map, which is kind of cool. Hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's going to be pretty big, honestly. It's going to be pretty big. I I, I know. Well, let me, let me just jump in and. Talk about your oh no it's fine it's fine don't worry there's gonna be there's gonna be a, uh, i thought it was gonna be a technical issue again but um i've unfrozen it it's fine all good all good ignore me ignore me let's carry on <laughs> what was my camera frozen yes but okay. i fixed it i fixed it it's fine it's working now so yeah so that's what nice guy was basically saying in his video again he, he's i think we're waiting for him to come out with a new version of his like here's where everything is because he basically was like it's Thanksgiving and I'm hungover and I just want to put a red square on my video and that's about it for now. But I will make another video is is basically what he was saying. So we're going to wait for him to make a new version of his what goes where on, on streets. And maybe this time I'll pay a bit more attention because if it is actually coming in the next patch, like we have been led to believe as closely as we can be without them officially announcing it, then maybe it'll make more sense now to start looking at it because before they were like moving buildings around and stuff so it wasn't i don't know everything was so fast and loose that again it didn't make sense to to look into it in huge detail so maybe this one will, will be good so let's wait for nice guy to do his thing we can see how he's well, what he's thinking about you know the main i think there's, there's a couple of main streets really and then um a bunch of sort of sections on the map so we'll see how that then interrelates with this new like wide shot that we've been given of streets and uh, and and kind of take it from there which is pretty fun pretty fun the the only other thing that i wanted to mention about this was about the the timing or the timeliness of when it's going to be because we do think it's going to be in the next patch and yesterday dimitri who's the head of pr bsg he retweeted bsg's streets pictures these three streets pictures and just said not long to wait really so, oh really i missed mm. them oh i did see that in your notes okay yeah yeah so read into that how you will but you know, <laughs> he didn't say soon sounds, guys so he didn't he didn't say soon he said not long to wait <laughs> He could be talking about, you know, the galactic timescale, but <laughs> I think I think probably not. And if I think I heard this, I, I think Jesse was talking about this, actually, mm -hmm. when I was listening to those guys. And I agree with him saying that 
if Nikita's still talking about releasing Streets Part 1 before the end of the year, and it's November, it would be quite unwise to, talk, to say that at this point if you didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and I making think those comments in November is very different to making those comments in April. I, I, I think I agree with that. And so that combined with this little post here, I feel, you know, as confident as we can that we're going to get Streets Part 1 in the next batch. Yeah, I think so. Which would be thumbs up. That would be good. That would be good. I think that will, that will vindicate a lot of people, actually, in terms of stuff is actually coming because there's quite a few things that now we're sort of, we're in this like, we're in this like dead period where it's sort of the, the calm before the storm, hopefully, in terms of content because um, as that points out in the, in, in the chat, you know, Arena was going to be starting to be tested in, in the autumn. Right. I haven't really heard we're... anything about that. And we've got the streets thing and then the light key show and everything's sort of got a good bit, you know. They haven't already tested it. I dare they test it without me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I mean, it's true. It's true, right? There could That's be a, a very small select group of, uh, of people who would get to test it. But I don't know. We'll see. It'll be cool, though, if at least we get sort of like one of the three pieces of T's content and arguably the biggest piece. I think you could say, you could argue it's a toss-up between Arena and Streets. I suppose, but Streets really is like, it's the big deal, right? Like the game can't be completed without it, and it's supposed to be the central point for so much other stuff. There's a lot of and, eggs in that basket, Giga. <laughs> I've said it before. I was like, yes. Yeah. So it better be good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's just part one, guys. Like, don't don't worry. Yeah. It's okay. It's just part one. That's actually quite clever. It's sort of almost like hedge their bets a bit, <laughs> you know. People like Tarkov, the beta, part one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but maybe they have some freedom to move. If people go, they really seen this. Yeah. It's freaking dog shit. Yeah. I'm sure uh, no, it it's won't just be. part one, guys. I'm, no, I'm sure it be... can't be that bad. No, exactly. It, I'm it's... interested to see mostly. <sighs> Sorry, what were you saying? I was going to say, it just seems like they're ready. You know, if everything they're doing, it looks like. Streets is coming, and I don't think BSG is willing to ship something that they're not like proud of. Um, you know what I mean? They it may not run as smoothly as they like it to, or whatever. But as far as like, they take a lot of pride in the things they do, like their animations. You know, I mean, I've heard Nikita say it before, like no one does, you know. X, Y, and Z, how we do in the games industry. Like, there's no competition. Like, they're very, they got a lot of pride. So, and like, a, yeah. don't mean like in a negative light. I just mean like, you know, in general. So, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's coming. And I hope, I hope that it does hold up. You know, I think what's the thing? Like, it's going to be like, unlike any other map you've ever played before or something like Nikita. Like, it's the most biggest, most detailed thing, you know. And hopefully that that's you know that seems like the been like the crown jewel from Escape from Tarkov. You know what I mean? It's just like this like legend, the streets of Tarkov legendary map, you know, it's just been like held for ages and it's finally coming down to us peasants. I just hope that, you know, it's it's gonna please the lower serfs and peasants and <laughs> Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean I think the thing about it is 
they're kind of right, you know, when they say there's no competition, no one does stuff like us because for better or worse, you know, we see these multiple different extraction shooters, but nothing's really on the same scale of complexity. And yeah, you have games like Armor and that kind of thing, but it's it's not the same, right? It's just, it's not the same. And there's a reason why people keep playing Tarkov and keep coming back every wipe. So we'll see. I think the thing that I'm hoping for most with Streets is to get maybe some of this stuff that they were talking about, like maybe not map to map travel. I mean, it could be. I mean, when Streets Part 1 comes through, do you think they'll lock labs off behind Streets? And That's what I'm thinking is you got to go, what is it, Factory to Streets to Labs? Or is it Streets yeah, Factory Labs? I think you labs? could maybe go in, maybe you can go in two different ways. I know maybe. they said Factory at one point. Maybe, I think at one point they said you had to go to Factory and then from there you can get into Labs and then you get kicked out of, of Labs onto Streets when you finish, something like that. But I feel like you might be able to go in different ways. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Maybe you can go in from Streets itself. I think... I think there were three maps, weren't they? Didn't they say that it was like Streets Entry or something? I don't remember. I want to say you could get... Like in streets, there was an underground section that was essentially labs. Um, and then I guess factory somehow is connected, which I don't understand that because I thought factory was inside customs. So, but yes, I, I'm still not entirely sure how factory is connected um, un- unless right. it's some kind of like underground Tunnel. like mail train or something, yeah, yes, like a freight train or whatever that's down behind one of the you know, the sellers. Exit right. or something, and there's like a little, <laughs> there's a cargo train or so, some underground tunnel that you, you ship you across. You open up the the um red door, you know, it's like the yeah. big red graded door, and then you go out the other side. It's just like you're in a subway. <laughs> it's like this way to labs, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just dumps you out of like the uh, what's it, the no backpack extract in in labs or whatever. You just yeah, about coming out the ventilation shaft. <laughs> Like, oh my god! Uh, yeah, can you imagine if it just dissolved labs? Like labs was just part of streets. Like it wasn't even its own map. Can you imagine? Well, that's I what I thought. That, the but... oh, as you're saying, like it's just literally one map. They just like mm. match. Dude, that'd be crazy. People yeah. would lose their minds. Like my mini arena. <laughs> yeah, well, you got arena for that. Don't worry, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I no. Don't, I, th- that's the kind of stuff that's that's interesting. I think. I was going to say, to your point earlier, and, like, to this point, like, Streets is supposed to be the first map you're going to, like, start on mm. in, like, 1.0 when all the maps are locked, if I'm remembering this correctly. I so, so I would imagine you could go to, you know, it's kind of like the starting point, so you could go, you have the most choices, so, like, Labs, I guess, Factory, I guess, to then go to, like, Customs would kind of make sense to me. Because I've always thought streets is like the opposite, where like you go in the streets, but it sounds like they're like you start in streets and then you go away from streets, you know? Yeah, I think I almost feel differently about it. I Mm -hmm. think because, and maybe it's just because of like its positioning on the map. Like I could be wrong. Um, I don't know where church is gone. (laughs) Sorry, I was like, I don't know where you went. Sorry, I I'm dying up there. So. Okay, but yeah, no, because streets, if you look at the overall world map, because streets starts up in the top right hand section, unless there's ways of getting on trains or whatnot, because I know the different maps are going to be locked, so you're going to have to travel kind of physically from one map to the next. 
in my mind, it almost makes sense for it to be sort of strung out at the end of a, not a linear pathway, but, you know, you have to go from there to interchange first, and then you have to go, then you unlock interchange, then you have to go from there down to the next map. Um, right, based on customs how the, and the, the Yeah, based looks. on the map flow. Yeah, right. exactly. And then maybe later on, then you unlock the, well, I guess with the labs key, you unlock the ability to then go. Because I think from what Clean has said previously, and I don't know whether this is still going to be the case because he was talking, you know, he, he's got inside of info from for BSG from a long time ago, but then, you know, they might have changed their minds and might have different plans these days. But from what he's said in the past, you start on streets and you slowly work your way through the other maps, but you don't even have like a hideout or anything at the beginning. But you finally make your way to customs and I think customs is sort of then the home base and that's where you get your hideout and and then there's the underground, the underground extracts which sort of link the hideout system together etc etc so i think like yes even though you start in streets to my mind from from what i've kind of gleaned from various places i feel like it's not the be all and end all map in terms of well it's not like your home map even though you may start that you have to kind of go out unlock the other maps find the different traders and then find your hideout and stuff i mean it could be completely wrong maybe it will be the, the center and they'll just reposition stuff but given well, the landmarks they're adding i think it's maybe unlikely yeah i i think you're Right, it's most likely going to be more linear based off the map that we have now, assuming that's, you know, they're keeping that, I guess, streets interchange to, what is it, customs, and then customs starts to, yeah. like, open you up to different options. Like exactly, because you, can... you can go to woods from there, you can go down to reserve from there. Yep. Shoreline? Um, you sh oh, no, that's uh, from reserve. You have to go through reserve, yeah. There's isn't there something like oh, so you you can you can technically I can't remember how far up it goes and it depends if there's a, a link right I feel you might technically be able to go to lighthouse if you go oh I think that's the only divergent like, path is you can go woods or you can keep going down through reserve to shoreline to lighthouse mm. unless there's something up past woods which is the DLC content like Suburbs or whatever. and town, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. It we'll sounds see. like those aren't coming for the time being, anyway. But I mean, yeah, yeah, I think in theory you could go from customs through to like the house, but I think there might be there's like mountains in the way or something, so you're not actually allowed. I feel so. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. So that's kind of like the way it'll go, I think. And then, yeah, I don't know how much of that can even get released though with this version because I feel like a lot of that is going to be released with the 1.0 story quest which is what nikita's working on a lot and that makes sense for it to be linear right you start in one place and you work your way through and then you slowly unlock everything and then you get kind of like the open world mode afterwards which is just like regular tarkov but with a few more limitations that makes sense to come on 1.0 so i'm not sure how much of that stuff can come even with the first iteration of the streets but we'll see maybe it'll just be labs locked behind some kind of multiple layered entry system through like factory or, or whatever and um and then the other the other stuff's coming later. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So much speculation. We don't. We know so little. Yeah. We know so little. I mean, one thing I will say with streets is um, the size could actually be pretty good because you know if it is going to be maybe not a first iteration, but like once they scale it up to one it could be a pretty good starting ground because it's so big, right? Um, on one hand, it's easy to get lost. 
but on the other i feel like your odds into running into more players slash things are going to be lower so you'll get like more of a chance to like explore you know like you remember like it's just like when you start on customs you're just like oh you know what's over here and then it's like gunshots you know someone's killing killing a scav right next to you like oh shit and you just spend like the next five minutes trapped inside the storage containers and you're scared out of your mind (laughs) that was me on on my first time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then eventually you think, oh, I spawned here. I've been here before. Let me run over here. And then you die to the guy that's across the street sniping back at you at the spawn. I did, I think it, my point is that like for newer players, it might be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say forgiving, but like they get to like explore a bit more and then die <laughs> and lose everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look at all this yeah. loot Timmy brought me. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, hopefully we'll get some kind of like dead drops and th- things like that, some like yeah. other cool mechanics they've talked about in the past. You know, if the map's going to be so massive, then you can at least store some loot. You know, maybe it's just our backpacks worth. Like you can imagine that it's like here's the dead drop, but you just you just have you have to just put your bag in. The whole bag, like not even the stuff that's in it, like the whole bag just gets removed from your player and that goes back to your stash. And then you're just like bagless. You have to go and like find another bag. Two yeah. bags, one bag inside each other. New meta. You heard it here first. Yeah, I do wonder how they're going to do that. I mean, I I would wager it's probably going to be limited slots. Um, Like in DMZ's dead drop system, it's not really... Because there's no stash. It's basically mm-hmm. just you can put four items in at a time at max, and then it all gets converted into EXP to level up your character, slash reduce mm-hmm. your weapon cooldown, whatever. It It's essentially infinite... You can do that just infinite amount of times. Like you're not, you might, there might be a penalty on like the conversion rate doing the dead, dead drop versus extracting. That's not like clear to me if that is or is not the case, but I just can't imagine Tarkov giving you an endless stash to just like throw stuff in, (laughs) in the raid to go back to your main stash. So I imagine it's going to be like a limit, like, you know, 40 out of, or 40 slots in total maybe and then you could just put stuff in there maybe you could put a backpack full of loot or you could put loose items you know something like that yeah we'll see like whether it leave even just be a mechanic like you know it's a car or something yeah you know like a car extract but it's you can put a bag's worth of stuff in it and then it drives off like the first person to get it yeah that kind of thing that that could work uh, too that way because how would you do like multiple people using dead drop you know like you would have to have like a send button that then like you know disables it for you for the rest of the raid and but not other players unless you wanted to deny it from other players like it's kind of what happens if like you put stuff in there leave and then someone comes in and then press enter and sends it you know does it go to their stash or yeah. go to your stash you know how yeah there's a lot of like God, little... these dead drop campers are just the worst you know <laughs> dude would that be something like you see a guy like fiddling with a dumpster you just like come down on him batman him you know da, 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 and just shoot him and then you know t- the loot he's put in there you just like send it to your stash and then set up for the next victim <laughs> uh, brutal yeah yeah that's something that would be really awesome if it was dynamic right it's like oh here's your dead drop you know here's the on the map or it's at this location you have to meet this dude and it's like different for each player that'd be sick right 
Yeah. Otherwise, as you say, everyone's going to be on top of each other. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you just they're... have a map or Ree! You like put a pin on a map. <laughs> no mini maps. Ree! You can do it on a physical map. I, I don't know. Or like yeah. you find a note or something. I, I, I don't know. There's, there's ways of doing it that are like no, not stupid and are not just like, it's the same place but, every I mean, time it's... for every player. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's. Because that's the, that's the line is like either it's like a hard point that they traditionally done like a hard spawn or it's yeah. like something dynamic which they haven't really done. But then how do you like do you just have to like stumble across it? Because they don't do any type of like like the, the classic examples. Like imagine if they made the um, postman pat or no not postman pat. What's the one with the document and the train car on customs? Delivery. I can't remember what it's called. Is it um? Is it Pokemon Hobo? Is it chemical? Or is it else? Yeah, it's either Pokemon Hobo or it's Chemical Part Two or Three or something. I don't know. But that Hobo, quest. Pokemon Hobo, the one you have to kill the scavs. I can't remember which one this is. Uh, oh yeah, that one's just kills scavs. It's part of Chemical though, isn't it? Is it uh... it's, I think it's Chemical Two or Three, or maybe One. Oh no, it's Chemical Part One. Okay, there you go. Okay, that quest, the right? Ridiculous. The ridiculous point-and-click adventure quest. Imagine if that was dynamic, right? How the hell would they, like... Because, like, even in the lore, or, like, the, the flavor text of the quest, I don't think there's much... Um, I think it just says the train car, right? I think that's the best you get, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, let's... It's, let's it's crazy right? let's hypothetically say like you spawn into a tarkov raid right and your own streets and you i'm trying to think how they would do it you know maybe you have radios so you get up you find a radio you tune into a frequency um god like i hope that god is in english okay that's just like a prayer <laughs> let's say it's in english and it says you know it's in building, I don't know, the, the old abandoned apartments building. Well, there's like 90 million abandoned apartments, you know what I mean? So you got to do another point-click adventure. Like, I'm just trying to think how, like, because I think of, like, you know, a game that utilizes, you know, like, a, let's say Ubisoft did it, right? Ubisoft would be like, waypoint here, waypoint here, guys. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> waypoint, you know what I mean? So, like, how is Tarkov going to, like, inform you on a dynamic location? Will it even? Is it literally just going to be, like... These seven spots can randomly spawn a jet dead drop. You got to figure it out and find where they are. You know, I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. But my money's on a static dead drop would be my, my money. Probably, yes. Probably. Oh, God. I'm, I'm just reading. I'm rereading the quest dialogue for Chemical Part 1. Are you? <laughs> it's just like, honestly. I know. Like, most of it is just like... It's just text. rambling, yeah. useless nonsense, right? And then right. the bit at the end, it says, all this time, that bagger lived somewhere, sleeping on some piss-through mattress, right? You should look for that place. I don't think it even mentions the train car. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. It, don't, <laughs> it does suck. Yeah. It does suck. Can you even I think imagine? there is a mattress in there, if I'm not mistaken. But there, there is, there is. 
And then, yeah, it's funny actually thinking about this now, like looking back, not really, um, not really having any kind of issues with it because the wiki exists, but the objectives, right? So you have to gain information about the deputy chiefs, fast life and customs. That's the folder. And this is optional. Locate the sleeping place of the former deputy chief of security on customs. And the optional bit seems to be obtain items that can help with the investigation. Like even looking at it now with knowing the answer, it's like you have to look at the secure <coughs> folder and, and find the dorm's 220 key. And the dorm 220 key is the item that can help with the investigation. Right. Which I think you but turn in the, that item. Yeah, and it has the dedicated spawn on the floor of the same train car. But as it says, due to its low spawn chance, it's not the most reliable way to obtain <laughs> this key. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that, always, <laughs> that quest enrages me. It's one of my least favorite quests in the game. Listen, I know it's not very immersive, but I really do enjoy playing DMZ and having loot have like a white outline because it's just like there's god dude you have you know how many times when i first started playing when i would like try to pick up cans off the ground it's like oh that's not a fucking actual lootable can it's just a you know what i mean it's just like some of the loose loot i can't loot that juice yeah and then it's like and then eventually it's like oh that's a loot item like i just thought that was a like it was kind of mind-blowing to me that's like oh these shelves have an ollie have like loot on them like that's not just Mm. decoration like it's so like yeah yeah, because the game almost trains you to like not look at those things originally, because right. you're just like, you've looked at 50 shelves and none of them have anything on them. Right. And then eventually you're just like, oh, but these ones, these yeah. shelves here, <laughs> yeah. these, these are special shelves. These yeah. can these can spawn items. You're just like, God freaking damn it, dude. Yeah. Like, this game is so unintuitive. Like, definitely for sure, that's that's how it goes when you first start flowing and you just eventually learn like where those spots are. But yeah. Oh, my God. How did we end up complaining about Chemical Part 1? <laughs> Um, oh, we were talking about dead drops and the dynamic nature yeah. of, you know, whether you'd ever find them or whatever. <laughs> you know, what's um, funny is I think we complained about that quest <laughs> the last two or three episodes, but for good reason, I'll have you know. It's your 10 p.m. complaint time about Chemical oh. Part 1. Exactly. So, streets. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Should be good. It's going to be that horrible combination, though, of like starting the new patch and being like, oh, do I want to go and check out this, check out streets or do I want to go and get five scav kills? I guess you can get five scav kills on streets now. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. You're not just, you know, that's the debut you're always stuck on customs. You could go to streets and do that there. I'm kind of excited to get, excuse me, back in the Tarkov. Mm. Mm. I really do miss the, uh, Man, the early wipe gameplay is just so good. It's just the for me, it's the best. I say it every time, and I'll say it again. If you get tired of hearing it, screw you. No, yeah, I just I love the early wipe. That one through nine is just, or when yeah, I guess one through nine is just before flee. It's just nothing's else like it. There's so many hard decisions to make. You don't have access to anything. Literally everything's valuable to you, but it's just like, do I want this really valuable thing or do I want this really valuable thing? 
uh, I don't know. I can get this at any time, but then again, I could get this anytime. Uh, do I need money? Do I need this? It's just like, this is a really cool attachment. It can make my gun kind of cool. You know, it's just, it's tough, man. Yeah, and you're like, oh, but I need like some magazines for this weapon. Uh, uh, yes. I've, I've run out of cash because I'm not upgrading my hideout. It's yeah. like, oh man, I'm going to have to sell like three cans of beans so I can buy 60 <laughs> PST rounds. You know? It's great. I love it. It is great. It is great. No, I do, I do love it. I do love it. So yeah, that's going to be fun. I mean, I'm excited actually. The, the time of the next patch is is coming pretty soon. Uh, I I would imagine, right? Like I, it's probably going to be mid deck towards. That's what I'm thinking. Seven. Which means it is really not that far away in no. theory. One, two, three, maybe maybe th- it could be, dude. It could be three weeks away. Yeah. Just I don't think crazy. I'm ready. I know. Are you ready? I'm not sure if I'm ready. I mean, I, I think it's because I've spent so much time away. Not really ready, but like. I'm gonna have to be ready in like the next week or so, or the next two weeks, um, because I just I just got a feeling it's just things are gonna get really crazy and really, mm. yeah, just really busy. And then plus I'm gonna want to play, obviously as well. So that's just like it's just gonna be a madhouse. This is the problem. That's always my issue. I'm yeah. just like, oh, the content. I was able to play the game. Yeah, <laughs> it's so tough. It's so tough. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I think, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of more looking forward to it now than I have in the past. Knowing the streets is gone. No, like, knowing as much as we can the streets is coming kind of gives me yeah. hope. Just glad it's finally going to be like, you know, I just feel like it's been such a like roadblock, honestly, in like their development cycle. And it's just been like, like, if it's great, great. If it's if it's absolute garbage, great. They're done. You know, at least it's like out of the yeah, way. I, that's that's how I feel. I know what you mean. Like we get out there, we get at least start testing it and changing it if it's bad and right. Celebrating if it's good because it's just at the minute. It's just kind of anytime anyone talks about any feature or anything, it's just like, <laughs> oh well, what about streets? Collective eye roll. <laughs> you know, it's just it's terrible. It's terrible, right? Yeah. Now. And they're just and they're adding they're adding the other things we we're talking about, like to the pile of just community's collective eye roll material mm-hmm. so it'd be great to get this this first piece out come on i hope it's good come on yeah one time baby cool so what did you want to, did you want to talk about keys or some of the other bits i don't, I don't even mind like what, what you what you want to talk about next um sure but before that um let's talk about DMZ gun guns slash Warzone Call of Duty guns because I I really like the gunsmith system so it's really cool so that's cool you it's kind of what that's kind of what I'm playing right now and it's just like just to grind as I said earlier just kind of (laughs) fun um to like level up the guns and then you get more attachments and then you can like because that's the interesting thing what they do with their gun system as far as I can tell like I looked at the numbers behind the scenes a little bit that like people have posted. And it's been like too long, you know, seething over the data, but just did a quick glance here and there and everything's like pretty close, like one to 10% difference. Yeah. You you know what I mean? Like within their own category, like the SMGs, you may have like one that's like on one spectrum, it's like 88% movement speed and on the other, it's like 90, I don't know, 97 or 96% movement speed. And there's, it's like a range in between. But then you can like mod the guns and have different things that affect like movement speed, 
ADS speed, you know, damage range, you know, all, all these different things. So you can kind of like, but like I said, the guns are pretty close. Like there's, you know, rate of fires. It's not like Tarkov. It's like true to their IRL yeah. counterparts. They have like their own system or their own whatever numbers they come up with. Um, so you basically that way, I guess. Yeah, and you and you basically like you can't change the rate of fire on the gun. Not that I'm aware of. There might be something, some mod somewhere, but it's mostly just changing like damage range specifically. Um, adding a suppressor sight, lasers, which they got like a cool. I think it's kind of cool. There's like different, like you can't toggle it, but like it will only be active when it's on the hip. You know, creates like mm-hmm. your hit fire accuracy, or it'll be one that's the opposite. It's like only active when you're ADSing, and it does, you know, something. But overall, it seems like it's slightly. The mods don't do like a lot, like anything significant, like Tarkov. It's like kind of like minorly shifting it in a particular direction. Um, it's still better than like running it, you know, modless. But anywho, it's kind of cool because you level up a weapon. And then if it's, like, in the same, like, like class, I guess, like, they have the M4, the M16, and then the Hurricane, which is essentially a P90 mag slapped on top of an M4 assault rifle. That's literally what it is. Um, And all those, like, a lot of those mods, I should say, like, the stock specifically are interchangeable. The grips, I think, are, like, interchangeable, kind of. So as you, like, level up, you know, the weapon let's say the M4, I can then put that stuff on the M16 and level the M16. Cool, and then, yeah, I, I, I kind of dig it. You know, it's kind of fun. Um, it's a little grindy, but it's, it's cool. It's cool. I like, and, and that's the other part I like is their modding. Cause once you max out the weapon, you, the final unlock is weapon tuning, which then you can like take the mod and then like push it even further in either direction, like even more, you have really? like a slider that you can like increase the, let's say the ADS speed, but it's going to like also increase the recoil. So you can like even, or you could do the opposite. It's like, like let's say the stock was designed to increase ADS speed or something, but at the cost of increasing recoil, mm-hmm. then you have a slider and you can like make it do even more ADS speed, but you'll lose even more recoil or you could go the opposite way where it's like just a little bit ADS speed and just a little bit of recoil production it's it's pretty cool because then you can like tune every single thing to get the ultimate gunsmith you know you kind of feel it's nice I like it that's kind of neat I never got to like max any of the weapons yet because I was just like flitting around trying different stuff Mm -hmm. so I didn't actually get to that I didn't see that as a feature so that's that's interesting I didn't know that existed yeah oh and that's the other really cool thing dude that Tarkov really should add. One of the things you can do for the sights is on the tuning part, you can move the sight where you want, further or, oh. or closer to your eye, which is really mm. cool. I dig that, that a cool. lot. Did you feel, do you like it closer or further away? Um, I actually like the further it away. Okay. Um, it, it does depend though, because like if you're doing more for... I guess sort of like more like you don't want to feel like you're because when it's further away you feel more like snappy like more mm. 
Whereas like when it's closer, like it's taking up more, you're losing more, um, uh, like the scope's closer to you. So you feel like you're, uh, got like more inside the scope and less peripheral vision, but also the scope, uh, housing is bigger. So it's like blocking more peripheral yeah. vision as well. But it's kind of nice because you get more stuff that's inside the scope, if that makes sense. Whereas, like, yeah. if you, let's say you wanted something a little bit more snappier, or, like, you didn't, mm, I don't know, you push it further out, so that way you get more peripheral, but less is in the scope. So you kind of feel like you're not getting the full, adv you know, advantage of the scope, but you get more peripheral, so you can kind of, like, play more faster mm. i guess so i don't know I, it's like I the interesting it. thing in call of duty is that like the recoil is like it's just so much lower in general that you can get away with having an optic much further away and it not be it not feel like you're you know in target right you you have your optic really it's far true. away and it's just like the reticle just is like goodbye like out yeah. of the <laughs> out of the frame goodbye. you're like no man really um, whereas in yeah in card it's just like the recoil system just doesn't work the same way so it feels a lot more stable yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But yeah, that's uh, that's the gunsmith rant. It's pretty cool. I guess I think I really dig it. I think they got a cool system there. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. That's actually like it kind of like makes me think like, oh, maybe I'd want to get a gun to max or something just to like fiddle around with that system, just to try it out. Like yeah, as you said, just try and push like push something all the way to max and see see what you can get out of it. And I think the one nice thing too is like it doesn't feel I mean it's a combination of multiple things but it doesn't feel like you know guns are so because the guns are so like similar and how they feel for the most part especially if in their class like assault rifles or SMGs etc that doesn't feel like there's one particular gun it's just like the obvious clear winner, you know, like I'm sure yeah. there is, but like the, I would like to think the margin is so small as like the obvious winner, you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, in terms of having like a meta, it kind of feels nice that you can use more diverse stuff. And the system also incentivizes that by leveling up each of the things. So you get the full range of attachments to play around with, but anyways, it's cool. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. I did. I, I keep feeling kind of the urge to jump back on, but I feel like I don't want to play solo anymore after yeah. playing squads. I just feel like it's so no. much more fun. Yeah, you, you've been playing squads mostly. Uh, mostly solo lately. Oh, okay. Which is, it's like, okay if you have a self revive purple armor, you know. Um. But if you don't have those things, dude, oh man, you just like you die so easily. It's really rough. Yeah, you absolutely do. So have you found it better than because I know in the first week we were just like, oh, it's so rough playing solo. And then it's it's interesting to hear that you played like mostly solo though. Afterwards, you're like, oh, I'm still enjoying the game, you know. Um, After, it's like, like I said, it's still frustrating because you're just like you know everyone's got a squad, most everyone. Um, so if I'm not dying to players, I'm probably dying to AI. But like I said, if you have purple armor which is three three plates essentially because you start with one plate so if you have three plates and like 
a self revive. That way, when you do mess up and you die to AI, you can like if you die to player, you're just like you're dead. Like if you just have to like, there's no way you're getting that self revive off unless they like sniped you from really far away. And as you went down, you could like scoop behind a rock and then self revive. But anyways, when you do mess up and you run into like five bazillion AI <laughs> at once. And you have a self revive. They it does give you a little bit of a grace period to like revive yourself, run away for like you know a second or two, and then you know reengage or heal up or or disengage, which is nice. So once you have yeah. all those things as a solo, it doesn't become as brutal. But purely as a solo, um, I feel like you have to at the bare minimum you got to go find like don't engage any of the tougher AI. Just do the small AI get a two plate somehow and then acquire a three plate somehow and a self revive. And then it's not that bad, but still pretty See. bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. funny. It's funny. Cause I, yeah, I distinctly remember going in and just like, yeah, as you say, messing up and you played a lot more than I have, but um, you know, you just like go into a building and there's just a random AI that you don't realize is there and they have a shotgun and they just kill you in two hits. You not even, you're just dead. And you're like, oh, and now I can't do anything. Because, yeah, without the, without the, a buddy to revive you or whatever, there's just like yep. no second chance, which is just so rough. I'm, I'm like half dead to just play with like randoms and see what happens. I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's randoms, dude. So, you know, that's your luck. But yeah, but it could be better on average. Exactly. And I think, yeah, I feel like my, my experience of just playing with other people has been like so scarred by playing Dota 2. That I never want to go back to playing with random people on the internet ever again. But you know, DMZ is a different; it's a different board game, so maybe it's different rules apply. Maybe I might try it. I might just try it just to see what happens. You know? I I did try Warzone. Did I talk about this last week? No, I don't think you played. You hadn't played Warzone when I spoke to you last time. Okay, I did try it, and it sucks. I absolutely hate it. It's literally nothing has ever changed from BRs ever. It's the exact same strategy formula. You go, you spawn in, you loot, you go inside a circle, and you camp, and you just repeat. You move inside, kill a guy, move inside a circle, camp, kill a guy, move inside. It's literally the exact same formula, dude. It's just like, <laughs> God, how do people <laughs> enjoy this? This is so boring, dude. That's like, that's honestly why I like DMZ slash Tarkov, because it's not just like, Here's a clear objective. Now camp the objective. You know what I mean? This is like, like, yes, there is like a main objective, but there's also like, you can, it's way more sandboxy. I can be like, okay, now I want to loot stuff for later. Or now I want to loot this very specific thing in this very specific location for this very specific task. Mm. I just want to survive. So I'm going to run to the XG. You know, just like, you just have so much more, there's way more dynamicism to it. Um, so I really, I can really appreciate that a lot more than, like, I get it, like, it can be really intense playing Warzone, getting down to the final circle, whatever. It's just, like, for me, the, like, moment-to-moment gameplay is just so boring. Yes, yeah, like, the build-up to that is not as compelling. It's, it, that's actually really fascinating, like, going back and playing some Battle Royals, because, like, I haven't played any of them for ages after mm-hmm. moving over to Tarkov, so, you know, back... Then, you know, we loved it because it was kind of like the most sort of high-octane thing you could do. And then after playing Tarkov, like, I never really went back. It's, it's interesting that you've gone back to it and sort of gone, well, you know, compared to, as you say, the moment-to-moment gameplay, like, yeah, the highs can be really high. But 
it's not even like with Tarkov where the highs are high and the lows are low. It's like you're actually just waiting for the circle to close. Yeah. Like you're like, just wasting your time or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where it's Tarkov, like I'm actively uh, like, I feel like I'm actively doing something. You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could yeah. like, you know, camp somewhere and it would be the same thing as like camping in the war zone circle. But that's the thing is like, you just like, if I wanted to, I don't know, like I don't explain it. It's just like different than it just feels like that's like the only thing you do for, well, the, because, for the majority. It's because you've got other objectives in, in EFT, right? right? Because you're either like, Oh, I'm trying to move across the map to a certain place. You know, you've got other things because you can camp if you want to, but it's not really the, the the meta strategy or whatever it was like in in a battle royale with a circle that moves your only objective is to stay alive and stay within the circle and so yes if the circle is in i mean some of the games of PUBG, for example that i find the most the most boring were the ones where you get lucky and you're actually well within the circle just by chance yeah because yeah you can continue to lose or whatever but once you've got like some decent stuff unless you're near a hotspot where there's going to be like insane loot that you're going to get an upgrade from there's not really anything around you that you were going to be able to loot. Like you're in a good position. So you just kind of stay there. And like, it might be 15, 20 minutes before you actually really do anything. Cause it's like, exactly. What are you supposed to do? Well, I'm in the best position I could be in. So now I just have to wait for everybody else to catch up. Like the, the games that are kind of fun is where you're sort of on the edge of the circle and you're just moving in with it. And you're like, all right, where's it going to go next? And you're planning where it's going to go. And, okay. Well, if it goes here, then if it goes here, if it goes here, well, I need to move to this position. So if it's, if I get unlucky, I'm not just, in the circle the whole time you know that those games are kind of more fun because it's more decisions but yeah if you're just in it like it can be kind of dull so i i do see that i, I definitely i definitely get you with that like the, the couple of games that i played and this is ages ago even now but PUBG that i played trying to get back into it very tentatively with a friend mm-hmm. we basically just looted for five minutes wandered around for another 10 minutes and then just got one shot by somebody <laughs> and at about like the 25 minute mark and that happened like two or three games in a row and we were like screw this man screw this this sucks yeah. like i feel like i've actually just wasted my time like, i didn't do anything productive and it was just like super boring it was like yeah in tarkov you can i don't know i guess it's because there's so many different like what is the what's the um oh how do i put this Kind of what condition? is success, you know? Yeah, what's the win condition and what's what is success to you? Well, it may well, just like, be extracting, it may be getting loot, it may but be it getting can't. PvP and dying anyway, you know. There's lots of different reasons why you might think the, of a raider being successful. I mean, I guess you could say extracting is the win condition, but like in some ways it's more like a draw because like if you went in a raid and let's say someone broke your leg or something happened and you're like, I just gotta get out, right? Mm just so I can save what I brought in. You know what I mean? Then it's like, you you didn't really, you didn't gain anything, and you also didn't lose anything in the game, right? So it's kind of yeah. like a draw. It's like you, but like if you did a quest and extracted, well, that's a win. If you yeah. got loot out and extracted, well, that's a win, you know? Yes. So there's like multiple ways of winning and, right. and things that you can go and do, right? If you say, well, Okay, well, I'm in this in this situation, and my arm is damaged, whatever. So I'll just like loot what I can on the way through, and then mm-hmm. leave. You're still doing. You still feel like you're progressing. And there's different scales of winning, right? It's like I got mm. a single tape measure out. That's like a small win, you know. I looted the entire resort and killed nine chads. You know, that's like a big win, you know. <laughs> yeah, 
Big exactly. W. <laughs> so yeah, it's just more um it's more nuanced. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not so I black so. and white. Exactly. Yeah. Like especially towards the end of the PUBG era when we were playing a lot and winning like not all not all the time, but like more frequently. Often it ended up coming down to kind of who's got who just ended up in the better circle like near the end. Like somebody needs to push into somebody else who's just camping on a bunch of rocks. And that's kind of what got me a bit frustrated. Yeah. It's just like, Insane. it's so annoying, you know, when you get to that final bit and you're just like, right. oh, the terrain is in such a way that like, I just can't really push. Or like there's, it's right on the edge of the building that they're in. And you're like, are you serious? Like, I've just got to push across open ground. Yeah. That is the only way into the new zone. And they're just get able to just shoot at you. It's like, and, and you've spent like 40 minutes getting there. Right. Is, it, is this, this is the thing. You're the guy that's like on the outside of ring, constantly like clawing his way through all the opponents. Meanwhile, Billy Bob Jr. just like landed in the exact center, you know, looted the golden legendary sniper. He's like, ah, I'm going to get this dub easy. He sat there for 40 minutes, not seeing a single soul. And then you're the last guy running in the circle in the open field. And he's just sitting there the whole game waiting for you. Like for me, you know, the guy that's, you know, Billy Bob Jr. Sitting with his golden sniper for 40, 40 minutes. That's extremely boring, dude. And on the flip side, the guy that's like running in, it's extremely frustrating because everyone else is being a mini Billy Bob Jr. And just you know, camping the outskirts of the ring. It's so annoying, dude. I'm just like, how do, how is this like fun? For, you know, sure. Okay. Sure. It's fun at the very last, you know, if you do get the W, I guess it's fun for either party. You know, it's like exciting. You won. Yay. But yeah. I just like, oh dude, the, 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 the moment to moment that build up to it is just so boring to me or frustrating. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I, yeah. I see. Yeah. It's funny. I haven't thought about it for ages, but yeah, it makes sense. Oh boy. Anywho, um, so yeah, keys. So I had some notes that I took down back in, I guess, like August. Um, yeah, we talked about it a little bit then. We talked about it a little bit, yeah. I know it's, I hope I'm not retreading over current old information but like i you know i had an idea i was like man i want to like expand this out i want to like flesh it out and then like have it like peer reviewed you know <laughs> my like my peers and my colleagues <laughs> in the tarkov industry <laughs> i said that to all my friends and i was like yeah i'm in the tarkov industry and they were like <laughs> <laughs> Uh okay, so problems with the current key system by Church One X no. So <laughs> despite some a keys, thesis, <laughs> a treatise, <laughs> exactly a scientific study of the target. <laughs> despite some keys being extremely rare to obtain, the loot inside the room they unlock do not accurately reflect the rarity of that key. Um, so like, what's an example? I'm now I'm just talking out my head. I'm trying to like read and also, uh, reading comprehension processing. Uh, <laughs> what's an example of that? Oh, marked I guess, key. yeah, marked key. The uh, ultra med, I don't know, is probably some of the labs keys, yeah, well. red, probably in particular, yeah, in particular, red. Um, I don't know. Some, it just in general. Okay, whatever. We'll, I'll keep reading. However, keys have a certain fixed amount of uses associated to them, 
meaning players are able to farm the rooms, possibly resulting in the key paying off after several att attempts. So, like, even though the, you know, a key may not, after one use, you know, a handful of a tries may not provide, you may have paid a million rubles for it, but if you were able to use it X amount of times over the course of however many tries, mm. you know, you could break even or make money or, or whatever, potentially. Yeah. Uh, next line. Some keys have no use other than selling it. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, great. My, uh, my phone is... I have a cracked screen on this phone. And it won't scroll. You were telling me about this earlier. You were saying it just like randomly deletes stuff. That sounds like fun when you're using that's... like Google Docs. <laughs> that's the screen. Yeah, that's pretty smashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, dude. Okay. On like driver or something, you just have it off on your PC. Yeah, I mean it's it's an iPhone, so. <laughs> I don't use... Oh, I see. Okay. I don't really use their products, but... Okay. Sometimes finding the key you value the most at any given progression point is just a matter of pure RNG. Some keys completely halt player progression on specific path, progression path, until they obtain that key. Because Annoying, some keys... Yes. Sorry? Annoying, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because some keys are so rare and or valuable, they will almost always be placed into the secure container when found, making them unlootable for other players, effectively making the key itself only usable by the player who found it and secured it. Because keys have multiple uses and keys can be unlootable once obtained and secured, that's a new addition I'm going to add in the revision. <laughs> Players can start the raid with every possible key and use the same keys throughout the course of multiple raids. Because these two things are true, locked rooms cannot have too much value. Otherwise, the value of items exiting the raid from locked rooms would surpass the value of the key itself, compound by the fact that keys can be used multiple times. So this is kind of a very long... And drawn out, you know, here's X, here's Y. Okay, if X, Y, and Z are true, then this is why this is like yeah. this. So, I mean, it kind of explains why, in my mind, is that's... that referencing like the price on the flea in particular? Is that what you mean by that? Like the, you know, if it was like wildly profitable to go and take these keys through, then they'd be more expensive on the flea. Or is this something, is this about, this is still about rarity and scarcity on its own? Or is it, or both? Mm, kind of both honestly so like mm. basically because keys have multiple uses and because you can take that key and basically like once you obtain it you can make it you're guaranteed that that many uses right yeah and because you you have the possibility to start the game with every key in the raid on BSG's side, you can't make keys 
the stuff inside the room is that good on average. You know what I mean? Otherwise, <laughs> keys would just be even more valuable. Like they would be even like no one would be selling keys or like keys would be OP is a, is a better way of saying it. Right. Yeah. Like everybody, any key that anybody ever found, people would just keep and use because it would be by yeah. far the best looting method rather mm-hmm. than doing anything else. Right. So they kind of have to make keys not so great by yeah. that logic. Or the loot, the loot within, yeah, exactly. Or the yes. keys even more rare, one or the other. Yes. Um, because some keys are easy to obtain, have multiple uses, can be unlootable, and unlock rooms that can possibly hold more value than what the key is worth, it is reasonable to expect that the average player will get a positive net return on their investment of the key during the life cycle of this classification of key. Uh, that might be a bit of a stretch, because, like, one thing I was thinking is, like, you could unlock a room, and, like, now that loot that's in the room is now up for grabs. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're guaranteed to get that loot out. I mean, in theory, right? Yeah. I mean, you could put it in your butt, but that's, that's a whole other thing. But regardless, you still, like, essentially took a previous loot pool that wasn't accessible to anyone, and now you just made it accessible to everyone. Yeah. And once in Yeah, because you're not guaranteed to get out of the raid. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, like, trying to think of a key that would make sense there. I don't think there is one. I was trying to think of, like, the... Uh, I guess maybe, like, the director's office key is pretty easy to obtain. And it has multiple uses. Like, you can get it from filing cabinets. You can, like, get it from the trader. You can buy it off the flea market. It's pretty cheap. There's, like, a yeah. safe in there. Like, my point is, is, like... You get... You can get the key... Some keys are really easy to get, right? And they, like... The stuff that's in there is, like, well worth more than the key. Like, if you just survive once, the key is paid for itself. Yeah. Not to mention, you still have multiple <laughs> uses afterwards. Not to mention, it's literally unlootable, the key. Like, it's just... It's like Loot Plus is my my big thesis, complaint, whatever. Okay, moving on. Um, Next, like, it's just a list of all the problems of keys, right, in my mind. There are no alternatives to unlocking a locked room if you do not have the key. With the exception of another player in that same raid who has the key to unlock the rooms for the player. Um, God. In conclusion... The system disproportionately rewards players who have more time to obtain key and use the key. This is due to the amount of RNG with obtaining and attempts of success associated with survival and finding the particular item or value the players after behind the locked room. Okay, would you agree with that? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Say that last bit again. Okay. Just say that last bit again. This is due to the amount of RNG with obtaining and attempts of... I I worded this really poorly. And attempts of (laughs) success associated with survival and finding the particular item or value the player is after behind the locked room. 
What are you what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is with that the system disproportionately works players who have more time to play the RNG game because as stated earlier, some keys are um really really valuable and like they'll be locked behind progression, right? So they're really hard to get. Yeah, this this is cool. this is questing keys rather than looting keys, right? And yes, in this particular example, you could say in this that. instance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but but on the flip side, you there are some keys like West three hundred three. That's I don't know what it is going for now, but it you know usually goes for like a million because it can spawn really good stuff in the room. It can mm. spawn, but you have 40 attempts. So if you either you get one lucky spawn that has, you know, a Ledex or whatever, and the key pays for itself, or you have, you know, 20 good right raids of looting that room of random other junk that spawns in there and the key pays for itself. But the key is still valuable. Like it still goes for a lot, right? Because it can spawn something good, I guess. That you yeah. may need for a quest or just the pure money. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot there to unpack, but yeah, because the ones that the I think of with this mainly, especially for the quest ones, things like you know the radar commandant's key, whatever, because of the um, because of the stupid interaction with the way that the flea market works, you end up yes. not being able to sell them for decent cash. You end up having to digital barters, and then you get locked out of this like top top tier item meta, and you can't do the quest, which right. is really annoying. And the point there would be like, you know, little Timmy, for whatever reason, he wants to get inside that room, whether it's a quest, loot, whatever. You know, he just doesn't have hours to grind cash or barter items or the key itself to do that thing. You know what I mean? That's like Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. It's like it disproportionately favors people that just have more time to grind, essentially. Yeah, this is this is true. The other part is um not to mention the amount of attempts. It's like let's say Timmy does get the key, right? So he's got X amount of grind invested to getting the key. He's finally got the key. Well now he wants like you kinda want the key to pay for itself, or like you want to get a return on that. You know, whether it's doing the completing the quest. But he's not guaranteed to do any of those things. He just has part one of his goal done, which is like obtain the thing. And now he, as long as he can get to the door and unlock it, then he's used one use of that attempt. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like now you got to survive. You know, you've unlocked it. You know, part one B completed, you know. Um, but if he fails, it's fine. He's already got the key. He can just keep going again and again and again until it runs out. So, like, again, it's kind yeah. of favoring people that have more time because he's not really guaranteed to keep. Like, not only did he spend a lot of time to get the key, now he may have to spend a lot of time to finally do the thing that he did all the time to get the key for. Do you know? Do you see what I'm saying? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think it's one argument of why 
you know, a lot of the keys sell for less than their like worth, so to speak, because there's this like time element involved. You know, it's like, oh, key's got 20 uses and you're going to make your money back in 10 uses or whatever. And it's 500K and you're going to make, you know, a million rubles with the whole key. It's like, sure, but that's not something you can just like buy the key and then sell, you know, buy the key 500K and sell it for a million rubles. It's not like that, right? You've got to invest 20 raids worth of yes. grind or gr graft to actually unlock that value so it's a, a time thing and then you've got to weigh that up against the other things you could do like just playing usual raids like well, why even use the key you know if you can just go to the lighthouse and do a scav run or something to make that same money is it, it then starts to become an opportunity cost problem with mm -hmm. other avenues of like money making if you're looking at it purely from just like a looting perspective that's kind of where it, like it starts to get a bit more complicated mm -hmm. so like yeah the keys should always come at a discount because you've actually got to put in some extra work on top of that, to actually unlock the value, no pun intended. Yeah. To unlock the value of those keys, you've actually got to take the binning and go and do the, do the stuff. And then extract as well. So it's not straightforward necessarily to unlock it. But that would, that's kind of like an, uh, a point against keys, I guess. Like, yes, it's, it's for the people who have the time. Like, yeah, maybe you don't necessarily have the time to then use... Because that's definitely the case for me, right? I often feel like I just don't have the time to use the keys. So I almost never do, like, key-specific runs. Because... I just... I'm not necessarily going to those places naturally through questing or whatever. And I'd have to, like, go out of my way to go and do those specific key runs with those specific keys to just go and, like, make money. And I'm like, well, even if I'm going to make less money other ways, I can combine it with, like, doing questing and do other stuff. So, like, I never normally do them. That's just me, though. Yeah. I get that because it's, like, out of your way. So, like, it's a double negative. Not only do you have to you know, pay the money to get the key. But now I have to act. Mm. Now I got to use it to now I got to yeah. grind it out. Yeah, I get. Yeah. You. And I don't necessarily find I don't find it that fun just doing like key runs. So yeah, I tend to avoid that kind of gameplay anyway. So even though it may be more profitable, I tend to avoid that style of raid. And then the last bit is finding the particular item of value players after behind a locked room so it's kind of like let's say you did buy the key to you know some on the wiki it said this can't spawn a letix and you were doing that for the letix quest you know it's like so you grinded you know the money to buy the key now you got to grind the rooms to get the item that you're after all the time you know it's just like it's a lot of grind which i'm not saying yeah. you know i guess i'm saying like in a way grind is kind of bad here um, okay, so so that's that's like the list of problems, and I think like overall, it sounds like you agree more or less. Pretty much. Okay. So I think this is where yeah, this is where I go into analogy mode, and as I recall, <laughs> my first I was telling Gigabeef earlier, my first analogy, I realized I was just like scuffed, and I had to go back and rework everything, and I don't think I ever finished reworking it. But I had I had an interesting idea. So like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll read this. Well, if, I will read it. We'll read it. So imagine a new casino just opened for business. Unlike most casinos, this one is only filled with slot machines. Your odds of winning the grand prize are extremely low, but there is no monetary cost to playing. But the casino is a business, 
So they make their money off overpriced food and drinks. So this is, <laughs> I see you smirking. So this is kind of like analogizing like the keys, right? So, you know, the casino is the map, if you will, or, or whatever. Um, the rooms is the, the grand prize. You know, there's a chance you'll get a LEDX in this room. Um, and there's no cost of playing. Like, you know, you can just try. Like, uh, you once you get the key, it's. I guess. I guess that is the cost. Is like you getting the key. Or getting the key. Yeah. yeah. I mean, see, this is where the analogy. Like, I. I remember. I remember. I had like, you know, I had, it was like a really weird analogy because it's like kind of like you know, just accept these like non-realistic things inside this make-believe analogy, just so I can get this point across. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, anyways, um, and then like you dying is the food and drinks, right? The, you know, that's, that's how they, how they make their money is you failing. Okay. So anyways, the casino owner makes an offer to every winner. Instead of a cash payout, he will offer you X amount of spins for your winnings. This is a, this is another, see this, this analogy, I think is awful. We'll, we'll, we'll keep reading. Okay. This set of free spins can only be used at a particular machine determined by the casino owner. You can only trade your set of free spins with another winners as long as your ticket of free spins has not incurred any usage on it. Okay. So I, this- see where you're coming. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. In this analogy, the player only has one type of game available that doesn't interact with his individual set of skills. Some players might prefer other type of casino games like blackjack or poker that have a mix between luck, skill, and game strategy. However, hitting the jackpot, jackpot, so to speak, is still great. Is still a great feeling for the player. They are now faced with a difficult set of choices to make about their prize winnings. If they choose to take the money, they will lose a percent to taxes. If they take the set of free spins, there's no guarantee that they will win again, making the same or more amount of cash back that they could have had originally. In addition, if they win, their dilemma reoccurs with the new winnings and are back in the same cycle. So this is like the classic dilemma, dude, right? You loot, you loot the key. Okay. You find the key, right? And it's like, dang, do I play the lottery? A million times or do i just you know trade it with another player for another key and of course you could just sell the key but just stick with me for an example you know and it's like well i'm just gonna get another key that's also like me replaying the lottery again to like potentially <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so it's like you're just like fed back into the same thing i guess i guess the cash payout is kind of like the obvious choice for most people you know it's like why pay the lottery play the lottery when you could just do the cash payout option, but you're going to lose some of the taxes though. The flea market tax. It's and it's quite big. It's a lot, right? It can right. Be a lot. So then it's like, do you do the trade to avoid the tax? But then you're just stuck with another lottery machine thing. Right. Which is like fun, exciting, but you know, you don't, I, I mean, this again, where the analogy starts to break down, but you don't really get that like luck and skill. You have you you have to just pull the slot machine every time, right? You don't unlike blackjack and poker, where it's like Each pull is like you have to wait twenty minutes for you to pull again. <laughs> exactly, you're getting it. Okay, 
like I said, this I I rewrite this, so we're probably gonna get into some like really weird territory here. But trading with other players is complicated. Don't scroll down. Trading trading with other players is complicated as only one player can play on a particular machine at a time. There are known machines that give out more wins than others. And some machines that will allow you the ability to purchase refreshments at a discount price from the bar after winning on those particular machines. Because of these factors, uh, traders will value different sets of free spins differently from one another outside of the total number of free spins the tickets may have. That last one lost me, so I I wonder if it lost you. Because that's probably where I started to rework it. But I think Completely the, lose your mind. Yeah. I think <laughs> the general idea I was going for there was because you once you unlock a door, no one else can like you can't relock it. You know what I mean? It's like as if yeah. you got first dibs, essentially. So no one else can play the lottery afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some machines or rooms that are just known to like spawn better stuff. Like I said, West 303. I think it's 303 or is it 301? I think it's 301, actually. Um, it's just like there's good a good spawn on the ground. It's like a GPU, a LX, a Dfib, something. Um mm-hmm. A little bit more often than the other rooms or i should say not more often but it just it just exists it just is like that you know the other rooms just don't spawn have a chance to those spawn items those loose in items a, in a position, yeah yeah um some do you know but most of them don't um And then, basically, this was a long window away. Some machines will allow you to ability to purchase refreshments at a discounted price from the bar for winning those particular machines. It's basically quest keys in a nutshell. You you know, once you get the quest key, you do the quest, finally, then it's like, now your winning is a discount at the traders. You know, you get more stuff from them, essentially, I guess. I think that's what that was supposed to be. It's kind of a poor one. That was a pretty... yeah. Uh, because of these factors, trades will value different sets of free spins differently. So this is saying some keys are more valuable than, than others, essentially. Anyways, it was a, it was a, <laughs> scab talk therapy. Oh boy, this it was a little, uh, a little something I never got finished, but yeah, it is kind of weird the way that that works. I mean, we oh god, we talked about that before, but yeah, the, the part that I like the most is about mm-hmm. the ability to trade that with other players, right? And it's just like you the winning ticket, you can trade the other with other winning tickets. And that's precisely the two-tier economy that you have in EFT, which is again, if you're early wipe and you want to do the radar commandant key quest and you don't have the key and you don't have any of the other top-tier items right. which constitute, you know, a, a a sufficient barter with somebody, whether it's a marked room key, whether it's a labs card, whether it's whatever, you know, so maybe a rare armband, you know, one of these like high tier items, then you're just locked out and there's just nothing you can do. You have to find one of them. 
I'd find one of them. You don't have to, and in some ways, that's kind of good. That's kind of better. You don't have to find the radar commandant's key, but you could find a marked key. You could find something else. So I guess it makes it a bit, a bit easier. Yeah, but that's my biggest. But gripe. it still sucks because you're still playing slot machines constantly. Like, yeah, trying to find it, one of these like legendary items. I to this day, I still don't know why they have not gotten rid of the keys that do absolutely nothing. Like, um, do not unlock anything. They can easily change the barter to the keys that do not unlock anything to something else. Like, it's just like why cluttered the loot pool that's already cluttered with stuff that's absolutely like doesn't unlock anything. Like, I don't know that. Like, I don't care that I found another key that sells for forty k. The therapist, because I'm literally after one key to my quest progression that everyone else wants another key that's extremely rare that's to another quest progression. So I e- need, need to either find one or two of these keys. It doesn't matter how much money I have. You know, that's the part that's like annoying. And I would like, that's where it's like, kind of, like I would much, me personally, I know some people may be different, but me personally, I would rather play poker or blackjack than hit the slots. You know what I mean? And Tarkov terms. I would rather it be like, you know, here's a key to the radar station on Scav Boss every time or whatever. It's one use, you know. Yeah. It, it's whatever. You know, something that's just like there's both there's different ways of getting it. I could kill a player and I could get the key from him. Oh, he's got the key that I need for a quest. That's exciting. That's fun. I could do X, you know, a quest to get as a request reward. Oh, that's cool. I could do killed off a of scav AI. I could find a jacket, you know, just like a little bit more, more spawns, but like not because you're going to up the spawns, right? And you're also going to, <laughs> this is where it gets a little, a little dicey. This is where you're also going to like make keys not securable on the container. Kind of like oh. how they, how they did the mags because that's my that's my other gripe is like like would you be more like incentivized to use a key if you got it off a player and it was like sure. rare if you yeah and if you couldn't secure it yourself then yeah maybe well hmm, probably if it was in that raid yes so if you would distracted with it then you you'd be quite wary taking it in. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. So like you personally, like hypothetically, let's say, and this make believe mm. Tarkov world, um, keys could not be in your container and they spawn more often. They have one use. And for the sake of argument, let's just say because they were, um, more difficult, more skill based, if you will. You know, you you couldn't just like over the course of forty attempts finally complete your objective that was locked behind a room. You know, you had like I guess it is the same, but it's different. I don't know how to like word this properly. Anyways, yeah, when you say skill based. You, you again, you mean what you were saying before, which is like find it on a player, find it on a, you know, there's a daily quest for it or there's some, some other quest. Some other way of, of getting it, because like, it, I just it's don't... what's funny, actually, is that yeah. 
I mean, what's funny is that like we're almost kind of there was we're sort of like we're almost entering into the funny territory of like we are oh, we don't want the ruble meta like we don't want everything to be turned into everything else but in the key situation we're saying oh that's not really very good like we're not we're not quite there but we're, we're nearly saying that because you're talking about other avenues you're talking about a quest to get it or it comes on a boss or something which is like that's a bit different you actually have to go and do something that's not just let me just turn my pile of rusting AKs into a you know a lovely radar commandant key. Like that's a different that's a different thing. But we're sort of we're skirting close to that, which we've always said on the other things that we don't want. You know, and we don't want just to be able to buy SRs or da 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 whatever. We want to like find them in raid, and it'd be feel more dynamic and whatnot. Kind of the way that keys are, I guess. But they still they still feel like they suck. Despite that, are you saying we're skirting closer to you converting AKs into keys? Maybe if you'd start removing some of the restrictions, but I guess it depends on how you do it. Yeah. So you like more like so you take these keys at like are they tradable on the flea? Like if you take these keys at these one use keys, well, which are very, very like low in value. I'm operating only one use. I'm operating that founder rate still an existing thing. So like in yeah. theory, if you kill it off a scav, even though it has one use, it's still found in raid. But if a player brought it in, it's not gonna be found in raid because that system exists. Okay, cool. fine. Okay, uh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So if you find it off a guy, then you're like, okay, well, I've got to use it myself now. All right. Or stow it away for later. Yeah, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to use it yourself, basically. At some yeah. point. Yeah. Now or, uh, or you could sell it, vendor it, but... You could vendor it, yeah. yeah. I but I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um... Yes. Yeah, so so under those circumstances, forward? you would be more likely to to actually go out your way to, to unlock it. Oh, if, if you I got picked it up in that raid, yeah. Really? I feel oh. like yeah, if you picked up like a marked room key That's interesting. on customs and you're like, oh okay, I've got the marked room key now. Hmm. Cause I would have pegged you more for a preparer, you know? Like you just like you have the key you want, you bring it in. And... I think it would depend, honestly. I think it would depend. Like, if I was kind of close and I didn't have anything else, then I might think, okay. like, oh, yeah, maybe. So maybe would I'll you say this? Would you say it's more interesting? Yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the important thing for me, at least. <laughs> that is the important thing. I agree with you that that's the important thing. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, yeah, my... that's, that's where I think that would be good. That's my biggest gripe is... Well, one of my biggest scraps is it's just kind of like not interesting me spawning in, you know, late wipe or whatever. Not even late wipe. Like I grinded X amount of scav raids so I could then buy every customs key. And now I just have all these keys at my disposable for 40 uses. And like, I, I mean, they could. I, I still think even if they brought this is like the fundamental problem is like even if they brought the use down to one, if I could still secure it. Because, like, if they bring their use down to one, the price is going to, like, the economy's going to balance out for that, right? Like, they're going to, like, assuming nothing else has changed, the price is going to fall. So, like, it's still equal to what it was, essentially, more or less, yeah. in theory, right? But I can still, I still have the ability to bring all those keys in. So, like, nothing's really changed if they bring the use down to one, because I'm, I just, when I leave the raid, I just buy a new one and replace it and secure it. So, like, I'm, like, I'm not... It's like I'm not, uh, I'm losing the money. I guess I'd bring it down to one if I didn't, um, anyways. 
it feels as if I'm not losing anything. Um, because if I die, I still have the key. Like my investment's still there. You know what I mean? As long oh, as I didn't unlock it. Yes. Yeah. As long as I didn't unlock it. So it's kind of a half two yeah. part system, but that's that's one of my big biggest gripes. Not only do I gotta play the RNG game to find that one key that I want or whatever. Um it's also just really boring once you have all the keys. And then the you know on top of that, as I said earlier, it's just because I feel like because you can spawn in with a key and the keys have multiple uses, those things combined, they really can't make the loot that good because late, you know, as the game carries on, there's going to be more and more people that have more and more keys, which means more and more loops being opened up to the map for players. So it just means that more and more money's coming out than like staying in and getting lost. You know what I mean? Like when, when an item doesn't come, doesn't get looted or is not insured, it doesn't get looted. Like it just, it just evaporates, you know, it's just, that's, that's the great, like when you sell it to a trader, like you get money for it. Um, it's like, it kind of stays around, but, uh, it also just evaporates the item, which is kind of, yeah, the potential of the key disappears. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one the one use thing is, is kind of cool. But like, yeah, if you if you're only able to get them outside of your container, then yeah, you're you're definitely much more incentivized to like either use it, save it, like think more carefully about it. Maybe using that raid, I still kind of like the idea of a key spawns in that particular raid. But I was like, yeah, maybe you can't even. I mean, you should be able to extract with them, but. Yeah, anyway, that's 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 all trailer thought. I don't want to go down. That's it's too complicated. But yeah. yeah, if you just have like a one use key, and there's more of them, um, but then yeah, but they spawn like maybe maybe they just spawn on the map that that you're on or something. I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm, not, I'm just sort of like my brain's just going all over the place now. Yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing I wonder is like, do you even need uses afterwards once you can't secure them? Like, is that even relevant? I'm not sure. I guess maybe the people finding them, but. Maybe if you don't want, maybe it's like good for the uh, um, loot economy slash. Economy yeah, general you still want them to, to be consumable, don't you? Yeah, because yeah. it'd be like if, um, you know, like a drink never ran out of <laughs> liquids. You know, you just a casino like, drink. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or like an AK that never broke. You know, it'd just be kind of like infinite. So you would... Yeah, which you don't really want. Yeah. And it just passes from player to player, and there's more people right. loot more keys. There's more and more and more of them. Yeah. And then you definitely have to loot, like, nerf the rooms because then everyone's right. got one eventually. They're just passing them back and forth with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so you don't want that. So, yeah, you definitely want them to be consumable. I agree with that for sure. For sure. So, anyways, that was just a little tidbit of the future thesis uh, scientific paper. Find me on uh, Google Scholar under. Uh... <laughs> But um, you know, let us know your thoughts, feedback. I'd like to hear it at the very very least. And yeah. Yeah, keys are confusing. They're hard to fix. Certainly hard to fix. Alright, guys. Well, we will wrap it up here. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you all next week.